everyone. Welcome to another episode of Study with Steph. I am working on getting my CTS at Infocom and it's in just a few weeks. So I am currently just trying to gather the few last pieces of information I need and, and continue studying. So today I have with me Jay Regina. He is the principal and CEO of Spinatar. So thank you for hopping on here with me and joining me on this episode. Uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yes. So today on this episode, we are talking about site surveys. Um, and I talked to you a little bit about this before, but I am coming in this industry. I'm kind of a newbie um, and I'm not coming at it from an integrator perspective. So I have never conducted a site survey. This is not information that I'm coming in, like already having some experience in. So this is just all new to me. So I appreciate you for having some patience and helping me out. <laughs> We're going to do our best. Steph. So first, let's kind of like start a little bit high level. So tell me a little bit about what goes into a site survey, why one conducts one, um, and just kind of like the importance of this in a project and like what can potentially go wrong if it's not done properly. Good. Well, I, I, uh, as I mentioned before, there's really two site surveys that we'll talk about. One is uh, maybe a TI or tenant improvement version where you're going to go to a job site, uh, walk a room, a facility, a space, and just evaluate what the client wants to do in that space. Uh, you know, what is the what is the goal of the space? Who are they going to have in there? Or what what kind of presentations they're going to do? Representations, those kind of things. And then the site survey is is a list of things that are in that room. What type of walls they are? How high the ceiling is? What type of ceiling it is? Where the HVAC is? Uh, the ambience in the room? Uh, the uh, the lighting? The windows? Uh, all of that is very important as to where you're going to place the audiovisual equipment. Uh, how the audio itself is going to sound speaker-wise, where the locations of those might be, because there's lights in the ceiling. So that's all uh, taken into account, uh, as well as room size. So again, it's that's that type of site survey. It's more of a, a tenant improvement and, and uh, that. And then there's the second portion, which is construction site surveys. <clears throat> and, you know, that's open walls, that's dirt, that's uh, a lot of... Uh, things going on in a construction site with, with drywall happening and floors and ceilings and HVACs going on, you know, you, a whole different uh, look and feel for you as, as an individual. You're showing up with steel-toed boots typically. You got a, a vest. Uh, you have to wear a, ha a helmet, uh, a construction helmet, along with safety goggles or glasses. And then you're walking the site with a set of plans, looking at the spaces and getting locations for, because the walls are open, locations for things like uh, display mounts on the wall, because you need backing for those display mounts and, and set up locations for that. Checking conduits and, and J-box sizes and locations of that. Checking where the IDF room is so that you can get from one space to another space if that's a home run for the cabling. So you're laying out all the infrastructure, if you will, of that specific, uh, I guess, open open canvas at that time uh, facility. Yeah, 
No, that sounds good. I wanted to first kind of talk about like health and safety requirements at a work site. So is that something that like you kind of look for the same type of like you kind of have the same blanket health and safety rules no matter where you go or does it kind of depend on the job site like what you're looking for before you go in there? Well, a lot of our technicians are OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 certified. We have uh, uh, every two weeks, I believe it is, a safety meeting uh, with all the uh, on-site field uh, technicians that they go through a safety class, whether that's you know, how to climb a ladder, how to set up a ladder from a safety perspective to when, when it's appropriate to wear hard hats, uh, steel-toed boots, what you're looking for around the job site from a, a safety perspective, not leaving extension cords laying around or sharp objects, uh, cleaning up trash when you're completed, those kind of things. So, you know, we follow those guidelines on every facility and space that we go into. There's really not, you know, construction sites are a little bit more uh, obviously dangerous, uh, open things happening there because there's a lot of other people, other trades on site that you're having to deal with. So you got plumbers, you got HVAC people, you've got uh, carpet, you've got flooring, concrete, uh, drywall, framing those type of trades on site. And so there's a lot of activity uh, going on. And so we're, even though we're not doing a whole lot around those trades, we are on site checking to make sure that our equipment, uh, at least the infrastructure for our equipment is in the right locations. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Does it ever come into like the decision-making process where you have to take into consideration the client's insurance company or the client's specific safety protocols as well? Um, not, not typically. I mean, in, in, okay. in a lot of these, it's usually the general contractor that has their own, uh, one, they want our insurance to make sure our insurance and liability is, is covered through that. So they take our insurance and, and make sure we have all the the correct uh, limits on things, but at the same time, they have their own, typically their own, at least initial safety meeting that nobody can go on site until you have uh, passed their safety meet, um, protocols. Once you pass that, then you're allowed on site, and it's typically your first visit to the job site so that you're aware of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So when the whole reason that you're visiting the job site and the whole reason that you're you're going on and having to conduct a site survey is because you're trying to collect information about this space's layout and information about what necessarily can and will go into this space from a technological standpoint. Um, so when you're trying to gather that information, what is kind of like the list of steps that you take? Like, okay, so yes, you know that you need to wear protective clothing when you're going there. So like when you're on a job, like what is like the checklist to like complete to make sure that everything on the site is like ready to go? Well, you know, stepping back a little bit, there was some plans that were drawn out by a designer, uh, labeled and, and sent out uh, with the architectural plans and it's all infrastructure. So it's, it's, uh, there's, not, there's no technology in those plans. They're, they're typically plan views. And you're looking for where uh, infrastructure would go. Infrastructure being you want backing for a display 
Okay. Uh, that's going to be mounted on a wall. You want to make sure the electrical is going to be in the right location, that the conduit for the data uh, and video, audio video signals, uh, the conduits in the right places. The floor boxes, as an example, are in the right places with conduits going to the right location. Uh, a lot of cases, uh, speaker locations, or at least wiring to the speaker locations, that we've got conduit to those. So it's all that site survey is just to ensure that you're taking the plans that you developed and it got uh, placed into the architectural uh, submittal package that when you're out there and you're checking a space that everything on that in that room or in that space is ticked off again conduit locations backing floor box table box conduit uh, those type of things so this comes into play kind of after you've gathered that initial customer information about, okay, this is the problems that they're having in this room, or this is what they essentially want this room to do. So after we've kind of established this, let's make sure that this room or this space can architecturally hold everything that it's supposed to. That, that's probably a good way to say it. It's you gotta, there's all this, again, I, I go back to the infrastructure. There's all this infrastructure that needs to be in place to meet the the needs of the client. You know, they right. don't they don't know any of that stuff because it's it's behind the scenes. They'll never see it. Uh, you don't they don't see the conduit. They don't see any of that. It's all they know is I need to come in and plug my computer into the table here and I need to put it on that display. How it gets yeah. there, it's irrelevant okay. to them. They don't they care just about that. Make sure yeah. It works. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's where those site surveys are very important. Is that everything is in its place especially when you're not not only dealing with the client, but dealing with the, the architect or the interior designer that put it together, they don't want to see any wires. There is a way to do it. You can walk up and plug it into the, the uh, display if you'd like, and then there's wires hanging everywhere, both power and data and, mm -hmm. and, and signal, and you don't want to have that. It's out of sight, out of mind. Make it simple. Uh, make it uh, invisible to everybody that's in the room, and they focus on what the presentation and or uh, what's on the monitor at that point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I'm in the AV install nightmares Facebook group. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, no. um, <laughs> I never heard that. But yeah, no, it's a very nightmare. It's, I should get into that. Oh, yes, there is an AV install nightmares Facebook group. Um, and in there, like, I think that there's always like some situation where the client has wanted this and this and that, and they've come in there to do it. And when they're finally installing it, they've accidentally like tried to drill into a water pipe and then all of a sudden there's a flood and like so I, I totally understand the importance of the site survey because the whole reason is like yeah you're making sure none of this stuff happens so that when you go in there and put in that equipment um, everything's going to go where it's supposed to and, and you're not going to like flood somebody's conference room. That is correct yes <laughs> absolutely. So somewhere in this in this um, kind of like sequence of events you do a, a site layout drawing so this is kind of just drawing where everything is including all of like the hvac and the pipes and everything correct so that you know that when when they go in to install something you're not installing it in the wrong place well we're not responsible for that that's what the site okay. survey is going to make sure that right. the lighting is not in there we're going to get a reflected ceiling plan and lay out where the speakers would go as an example We'll get okay. a plan view and, you know, we'll say we need the uh, 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 J box, you know, 18 inches above finished floor uh, or 
42 inches above finished floor for a monitor of some sort. We're going to go in and make sure that that is in place before we ever install any technology okay. uh, at all. So that's, that's that infrastructure component. That's all supplied, again, to the architect or interior designer. They're going to incorporate that into their drawings to make sure that, that there's no interference. If there's interference with something, like on a reflected ceiling plan, we can see the interference. We can see where the lights go. Uh, we can see where the HVAC is, all of that. When it comes to walls, in a lot of cases, we don't see some of that. There, might, there could be a credenza there and a furniture plan that we're not, uh, that we don't get or we don't see. <clears throat> there could be, um, you know, a window that they're thinking about putting in or a pass-through of some sort that oh, we wanted on that wall, but now, you know, it's not going to be centered on the wall because of the fact that there's going to be this closet or door or pass-through or window. So whose job is it to draw those plans and make sure that it gets to everyone on the project so that that type of miscommunication doesn't happen? So what will happen is we'll get the architectural drawings from the client and or their uh, design firm. And again, that's going to be a reflected ceiling plan, a plan view, those kind of things. We'll take those drawings, place them into, into uh, our system in CAD, and then we'll start laying out the infrastructure over top of that. Now, there is BIM out there that's the, the, the modeling program that's supposed to help everybody make sure that you don't fall on top of each other uh, early on in the process versus later on in the process. But uh, it's uh, they're not... There, uh, it's very difficult to have a people use that, at least on the AV side. We've, we've uh, run into a few projects like that. We've trained our people to do it, but they really want to control it themselves. So they're only allowing <clears throat> certain people in to do BIM. So we still right. just do our own drawings and then they uh, integrate them into their drawings. And so okay. when those issues come up, when they integrate those into our drawings, they'll send them back to us for review. And then yeah. we'll look and see if there's any interference of, of products. If there is on infrastructure, then we'll go back to them. If we don't see anything on the drawing, then we go out and do the site survey as everything is going along, okay. whether that's once a week, you know, once a month, depending on, on the status of the project. Uh, we'll find out that there's issues then and then uh, work through them there on site with the job superintendents. That makes sense. Um, I know you were you were talking about like a few of the different types of drawing views. Do you mind like mm -hmm. going over a few of those with me and like telling me what the differences are? So you, you mentioned reflected ceiling plans. So what does that necessarily show? So a reflected ceiling plan, um, if you look at um, uh, any any space as an example, the, the reflected ceiling is really what the ceiling is to be is 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 going to look like whether okay. it's a hard lid being drywall of some sort mm -hmm. uh, whether it's uh you know two by two acoustical panels or two by four acoustical panels they'll lay that grid out um and then uh, as they lay that grid out you're able to see um, the uh, uh, you're able to see where the locations, I guess, of the lighting uh, components are, the fire, the HVAC, so that you can re 
place the audio visual components um, around that, I guess. And, and, if, and if there's conflicts, then we'll start working with the lighting or fire alarm or fire sprinklers, those type of things to just see yeah. if we can uh, change uh, change that around, whether we can change ours around. It's always, we're always the last in, by the way. We're not always the, uh, the, the first in people. It's always about the aesthetics first yeah versus uh the uh the electronics it's it's uh hey you know what fit it in there somehow well you, you try <laughs> but mm -hmm. but uh you know the quality of the video and the audio is very 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 important so right yeah that makes sense um and so, so then a plan drawing is just kind of like the view from directly above but it's like showing the floor and kind of where everything's gonna go right Correct. It's more like a bird's eye view. So yeah, okay. you're looking over top down into the space and going, that's where the desks are going or chairs yeah. going or couches or, or uh, tables, those type of things. Yes. Um, so then those relative to an elevation drawing, what is, what is so that one? That's more the side view. Okay. That's more of a side view. So you've got, you know, the, the, the ceiling, uh, that that part of it then you take the ceiling out and you're looking at the plan view and then okay. you 3d it turn it to the side now you're looking at it from a side view okay um and so then what is a section drawing a, a section drawing is 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 taking a piece of that room or that space mm -hmm. and detailing it down to um because there's certain things that are happening in that that location that you're going to okay. want to see so it's like blowing that section up a bit okay. so you've got more detail around it uh okay and, and a lot of times that could be an idf room or or uh, an area that's very crowded with hvac and electric and okay and fire sprinkler and and all that but another thing it mentions in the book when uh in the study guide it talks about like the importance of understanding the drawing scale so it talks about like you know so is there a rule of thumb when it comes to scale or does it really just depend on the project and and you have to make sure that there's a key and it's been a while since i've even looked at plans from that perspective right. but i think you, you just got to be very cognizant of what scale they are using on your on on the plans and then when you print you can't use that scale and print it out 11 by 7 um sheet of paper and go right hey, you know, because that, that's that scale not doesn't what... work that well yeah um but but to get an understanding of, of the scale is very important important again when it comes to locations of things it's not it's not as critical as building a bridge that's way more important because you're connecting two ends together in the middle somehow and that just seems to work in our particular case it's <clears throat> you walk into the room and you know it's supposed to be centered in the room and we think the you know the wall is is 10 feet and we're gonna we're gonna find the middle line at five and then put the display up there we may walk in there and it's nine feet 10 inches or it's nine feet um six inches now yeah. we're, we're making the adjustment on site to make sure that cosmetically that the display is in the center of the room and not offset by six or eight inches well one thing that i've been told that's like really going to help me in the future is like if to understand anything about a scale when you're looking at any type of drawing 
look at the ceiling uh, like ceiling tile size on the drawing and know right. that a ceiling tile size in real life is two feet by two feet and you yep. will be fine <laughs> you know what if, if you that you know what that's great advice because it's either going to be a two by two or a two mm -hmm. by four right so you, you, you can't go wrong with okay now i understand the scale of it because it's four feet or it's two feet you got it yeah. covered and you know that that's a, that's great advice because that, that doesn't change great so any, anything that can help me pass this thing i'll take it um, there you go so tell me a little bit about a cad system because that's not anything i'm familiar with but it talks about that in here too. yeah so I don't know what that is. you must be uh computer aid drawing that's got to be cad is what you're talking about oh so sure cad yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't know. That, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, I say that only because, you know, all drawings are done in CAD. Okay. Uh, AutoCAD is the, the uh, actual organization, Autodesk is the organization, but AutoCAD is the, the program in which all this uh, architectural stuff is drawn. Okay. Um, and whether we do our single lines in that or you do the infrastructure, it really starts with the infrastructure first, the space and, and look and feel the space and reflected ceiling plans, as we talked about. And then it's then it goes into the single line drawings and, and construction drawings from there as well. Okay. It's that computer aid, aided design uh, that they that they refer to as CAD. Yes. Okay. So it also talks a lot about like some common drawing abbreviations and are those things that you have to just kind of memorize and know in your brain like what some common abbreviations are or is there is there a key ever on different drawings where it just is like an abbreviation here but then the key over on this other page like tells you what that stands for. Well there's I mean I think there's a lot of standards out there that you'll see like AFF is above finished floor. Right is what that means. So there's going to be some of those little acronyms, if you will, that are out there that you're going to have to, that just, they're defined somewhere. They're defined usually in the front of every drawing. There's always okay. a, a, a syllabus of some sort up there to kind of help you. Uh, and then there's the, the drawing stuff, like speakers are usually a, a, a circle with an S in them, if you will. Okay. So, you know, it's a, a speaker type. Uh, you'll see a monitor, the same kind of deal and, and there's a lot of standard some standardization around that i know in our company that's that, that's our standards you'll see that across in a lot of cases uh as well but but yeah and then cable labels those type of things are the same uh same scenario j boxes are all standardized those kind of things so uh yeah okay that makes you look sense. at it a couple times you'll know do different companies have a different standard for like using different symbols or yes. using different acronyms or is it all kind of somewhat similar across the board? It's fairly similar across the board, I think. Because okay. um, again, a lot of the stuff that is the infrastructure uh, is going to be J boxes that's been standardized on CAD mm -hmm. itself and CAD has a lot right. of a big library when it comes to infrastructure on things so data jacks data cabling AV cabling all of that is is relatively standardized uh, electrical wiring uh, type of outlets type of J boxes uh, is pretty standardized where where you'll see maybe some differences uh, okay. speakers because it is 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 AV 
but I, I will say most of the time you'll see a circle with an S in it, but then sometimes okay. you'll see a circle with something else and you're going, oh, I think that's a speaker. Nope. Yeah. It's referring to fire alarm or something along those lines that somebody's okay. using it as a, uh, a standard there. But, <clears throat> but for the most part, it's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Okay. And for the most part, there's going to be some kind of key or syllabus at the front that's going right. to kind of like tell there you, is. like, here's, here's how to interpret this. Okay. Yep. Um, so are, are there any standards or anything that, that kind of help to understand or interpret as you're going in and looking at one of these drawings or anything? Like, are there any kind of, I know that standards are not really like an AV thing. Like we, we just <laughs> kind of don't have any, and that's just kind of life, <laughs> but are there any common, any things that are used in your experience? Great question. Um, you know, I, again, there's, there's a couple companies out there that yeah. have been trying to standardize on some of the stuff, X10 AV being one of them, mm -hmm. uh, on blocks and things like that. We, we've, I, is there a specific standard? Is there an organization that, that does it? Um, Bixie's probably one on the data side, more network okay. and data side they're fairly well standardized across the board. When it comes to yeah. AV, eh, not so much. That's something yeah. that we've not been uh, uh, been able to do in, right. in the hundred years of doing this stuff. Uh, and that's no. just kind of an across the board AV problem. But like that is, yep, as I've been studying for this, I've, I've simply been begging for some standards because I was like, it'd be so much easier to study for, mm. you know, a standardized test with a few different standards in our industry, but you know, that's wishful thinking. I it suppose. would be so much easier if we had standards. And, and I think on the integration side, we could actually make money if there was standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are options. I do know that there are options for standards out there. There have been companies that have been working to like push themselves as a standard, but it just hasn't yep. been accepted by any like governing body or anything. Right. So, correct. so then there, there actually aren't any. So that's, that's correct. That's lovely. Um, my, my other, my next question was going to be on like reference flags, because I know that like, if every piece of information that you need for a project was on one drawing, that would be a very busy drawing. So I know a lot of times they're going to have like a reference thing for you to be like, look at this other thing to come and, and tell what you need to do here. So how do you tell what other piece of something you're supposed to look at because I can just imagine like if this were me I would just get very overwhelmed by all the pieces of information I'm given and okay now you have to go reference this thing to look back at this thing so kind of how do you keep yourself like organized in that situation and does the way that the drawing is done and that the syllabus is done kind of help you with that um again it's almost like uh uh, a dictionary, if you will, there's uh, okay. a triangle, a circle, usually with a number on top and, uh, you know, a location or something on the bottom, if you will. Okay. And, and in that it, 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 it's referencing, you know, typically a page number of some sort or okay. uh, a drawing location of some sorts that, you know, where right. you're going to, uh, to look at it or a definition. Because you're right, if you define every little piece that this screw in this area needs to be a five sixteenths, you know, they're not going to call that out on every one. It's going to be, you know, uh, reference 
right. uh, reference note A or note one or note okay. two or whatever. So there's notes on there as well that you, you go look at that note and go, oh, okay, that's a 516 screw or a half inch okay. uh, nuts. I, I think that probably what would help me most is if I could shadow someone who like goes on a site survey so I can kind of like look over their shoulder. But in COVID, that's obviously like a little bit harder to do. So I'm having to just kind of like pretend here. Um, but where were you yeah. located? Uh, North Carolina. So like Oregon? Raleigh area. You guys, North Carolina. you guys are like wide open out there, aren't you? You're not I know. Like California. Yeah. Mm, like ish, like we were for a minute. Um, but the Delta variant has put a wrench in those plans a little bit. So we are kind of like going back into kind okay. of a, a more strict reverse plan back. a little okay. bit. Yeah. So, you know, if we are going somewhere out in the world or going to the store, we have to have masks on again, whether you're vaccinated or not. Um, and like for, for certain places of business, uh, depending on what city. So Durham requires you to be vaccinated to go into certain places and stuff. So it's, okay. it's interesting. <laughs> so that, that well, would probably yeah. like make it a little bit difficult, especially if it were not outside for me to like shadow someone right now, but. Well, I was going to say the, you know, theory, which is research and looking all this stuff up and then going to reality is completely different. Perception, right. you know, it's just not, it's not the same. And in shadowing somebody, you would learn a heck of a lot more than what uh, advice I'm giving you at that point. Cause you, you know, a lot, this would make a lot more sense if, if yeah. somebody said, uh, you know, 12, 18 inches above finished floor, really kind of what is, what does that mean? I think, I mean, it, is that, does that mean center? Does that mean top? Does that mean bottom? Does that mean, yeah. what is that? And, and it is standardized. And then you got, you know, 42s and 48s and all kinds of stuff. And if you're putting up, cameras and camera locations those sizes are different as well and it's you know what do you, you know, to put it in the right location you got to know what some of the terminology is and then you know somebody measures it for you and say see i measured that and you know they, they might have measured it from the ceiling down but most of it yeah. the floor is the most common area because yeah. it doesn't change right the ceiling could be off by several inches uh and, and you're going to miss it. You're going to, something's going to fall on top of something else. So but I guess my, my last little, like little thing of that I wanted to cover was when it comes to converting measurements. And I don't know how much that comes into play because, you know, I, I, most of what you do are, you know, American installations. So you're using, you know, the American measurement system. Um, Inches and feet. <laughs> yes, but it, there come situations where like it's in the metric system and you have to convert. Does that happen that often to you or is that like not that much of a concern? Because like uh, it's no, easy I, to convert, no. but I'm sure that there have been yeah, the situations. Tells me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure that there have been situations where like an accident has happened where you thought you were supposed to be working in inches and feet where like in reality you were not. Uh, man, I can't recall a case where that's happened, to be honest with you. Okay. I mean, where, where you see it in a lot of cases is on specification sheets from manufacturers okay. because they are overseas and they're selling, uh, across the globe. Yeah. Uh, it, so in a lot of cases, it is harder to find inches and feet than it is the metric system, but yeah. it, it's always there. It's always available. But right. when you come to a site survey and that, nothing is in metric uh, 
at least in at least in California and Arizona that we deal with. I think those are about like everything that I wanted to cover. Um, is there anything that I like left out or anything else important I should kind of know or understand um, like walking into this? No, I, you know, I, again, a site survey is just the an, uh, initial part or preparation for the, the installation. Okay. So, you know, if you, if you think about it that way, it's, it's like preparing for anything else. If you're going to bake yeah. a cake, you got all this preparation to do, you know, get all the ingredients in one place and do all, uh, you know, get yourself set up and ready. So that when you're ready to mix the cake, you're ready to mix the cake. You're not grabbing this and grabbing that and doing this and that's the same thing you know in a space is you want to be prepared everything needs to be there so you can get in and get the work done and and get out at the same time so right. i think when it's, that 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 would be uh, uh probably a summary of the site survey that you're looking looking yeah. for um and i guess just my last question for you is is do, do you have any other just random pieces of advice for me as i continue studying for this and preparing to take it in a few weeks don't be an integrator <laughs> wow. great great advertising for our industry jay thank you it's, it's hard no i'm kidding. no i've been at it 30 plus years are you kidding i still love it i still am into it it just it seems to be getting challenging more difficult but my yeah. my question is for your future if you if you were in the integration side are you are you for the working at home working hybrid or coming to the office and being part of the integration team well i believe i fully believe in a hybrid future i believe that there are some meetings that could have been an email I believe that not everything you need to be in the office to do, but I believe that in the integration business, it is important that when you need to have those initial client meetings and you in initially are trying to figure out what a client wants, that is a lot easier to figure out in person than it is in over Zoom. You know, one of the things in the, in the industry in, in, in integration, there's, we do not, you talk about standards, Yeah. we, we don't, um, uh, as an integration world, we don't, the collaboration part is so important. And, you know, our setup is we have a bunch of what we call dog bones set up where the teams mm -hmm. are sitting in dog bones, but they're all in close proximity. And if they start talking about a project or they start talking about a problem that they're experiencing, or have you had any uh, interaction with this manufacturer, most of the other people in our facility in the dog bone area can hear that somebody somebody has heard that and will pop up and say hey you know so and so over at crestron or so and so yeah. over at at extron help me <clears throat> with that right. when you're a hybrid model that's missing and so sure. everybody is on an island and they're not getting the information there, there's not that that co-collaboration there might be the the team or individual collaboration and we're doing it but you're always reinventing the wheel but I just think that that hybrid is just going to be a thing forever or for like the next few years. So it's just kind of like in my brain, I'm getting used to it. Um, but I, I do also see the, the, the quality of things when everything is back in person, because it's just like trade shows, right? Like nobody, everyone is so tired of coming to virtual events. We're so burnout. Yeah. We're tired of sitting and like looking at each other over the screen. 
Um, and, and so I do believe that people are ready for in-person events again, and, and people are ready for trade shows again, or at least they want to be if they're not, you know, yep. trying to stay home or, um, so it, it's, it's just a definitely an interesting time to be in our industry. So I, I will yes, it is. Yes, it but is. Yeah. Are you going to be at Infocom? I will. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Will you be there as well? I'm only going to be there on Wednesday. If I see you on the floor, I'll definitely uh, stop you and yeah. say hey. Sounds good, Steph, for sure. <laughs> but thanks again for hopping on with me and for, and for helping me out. I really appreciate it. I, I I hope to God that I'm going to pass this thing on the first try. But if not, there's always the second try. <laughs> well, I hope I brought you a little bit of value. Uh, you did. A, a couple good nuggets. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great week. Good luck on Thanks. your test. Thank you. Okay. Talk okay. to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Study with Steph, cause she's the best. She's gonna help you get your CTS. Yeah. Ain't nothing can keep me down. Stephanie.